Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to a special one-off podcast that strays from all the corruption and foul play in football and focuses on all the fictitious corruption and foul play on our screens. With the international break depriving us of any meaningful sport this week, it feels as good a time as any to acknowledge that we're currently living in a golden age of television, with a multitude of choices and with brilliant drama and family entertainment right at the fore. But what is the televisual wheat that stands tall among the chaff? Joining me to discuss their viewing habits and programmes that have moved them or made them laugh, I'm delighted to have with me Howard and Chris. Hi Howard, you well? Uh, Yeah, fine, thanks. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you very much. And I've been looking forward to this podcast, which I've just admitted off air, I've done absolutely zero research for. Um, Yourself? Well, that bodes well, does it not? I've set aside four days of my life to do research, so hopefully okay. it'll be okay. Which there'll be a lot of... Slight exaggeration, perhaps. So, yeah. Ah, even so, there'll be a lot of leaning on you in this podcast. Uh, Chris, are you there? And are you well after India? Uh, yeah, well, uh, good morning, gentlemen. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm very well. I say I'm very well. I had a fantastic time working away in India. As soon as I woke up this morning, I've come back with a shocking cold, which I'm convinced is from... The aircon on the flight and germs flying around, but yeah, it's. Um, I've been very fortunate with work the past few months. I've been I've been travelling quite a bit, and India was a new experience for me. So yeah, I would uh, advocate if anybody has the time and resources, opportunity to do it, definitely visit. It's quite a, it's a really special country, and it's uh, mm. yeah, really really nice. Really really enjoyed myself there. Well, I've been to, through work. I've been to Flixton twice and Stratford <laughs> in the last oh, two weeks. I can't. Weeks, uh, yeah, no, if, just all, if all going to humble brag, then I feel, <laughs> feel I must step in here. Yeah, I've been, I've been to the bathroom a few times. That's pretty much my opinion. <laughs> <isn't it? Yeah. laughs> I always reinforce how fortunate I am because I am fortunate that work takes me there. But I, sh- uh, I should say, as my bosses won't be listening, I went to a meeting last night in Flixton and when I got there was told it was all online so. oh no <laughs> and it wasn't easy to get to either so yeah what a fun night I had <laughs> but that meant I had to have fish and chips on the way home <laughs> to even out the bad news I had to have yeah. a, a fish and chips so you know. well it also meant that you very likely didn't watch much telly which brings us to the oh, <laughs> I see oh, look at that yes, look at seamless oh my god <laughs> yeah but totally wrong because i watched one of the best things of my life last damn night, it so. yes in fact before we even start then because you whatsapp some pretty glowing praise for after sun last night the film after sun which i believe is available on prime so before we get into the television um you were pretty struck by it howard yeah, uh, I rented it for a five right. on Mubi versus Amazon Prime. I've no idea what any of that means. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have Amazon Prime, so I think if you've got Amazon Prime, you can get Mubi free for seven days trial. So if okay. you do want, if you've got Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free by getting that free trial, and then you know you can just cancel it if you don't want Mubi. But I don't know what's on. I've never didn't know that existed until last night. Uh, yeah, I honestly, <laughs> honestly, one of the most devastating films I think I've watched in many years. One of the best films I've watched as well. And is, is it what? So it's, it's very sad. 
I wouldn't. It want... isn't sad. It isn't sad, is it? You've watched it, it Chris. Oh, have you watched it? Sorry, Chris. I, I didn't know. I, I saw it last year. I saw right. it cinema I last think year. it is extremely sad, but not in the way you'd probably think no, a okay. film could be sad. It's not that sort of film. So just very quickly, it's about... It's a woman uh, reminiscing about a holiday she had as an 11-year-old with her dad 20 years previously, using some camcorder footage she's got of that holiday in Turkey in the early 2000s. And it's a film about grief, depression, that sort of thing. And during the film, first of all, the acting, the casting is just... I'd be very interested what Chris thinks of you after I spoke and... Uh, the casting is just perfect there. It's Frankie Corio is the young girl. It's just like her first acting role. Mm. Paul Mescal, who's always good. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. And it's the first, I think Charlotte Wells is the director, writer, and it's her mm -hmm. first piece as well. Uh, so you'll watch it, and first of all, you don't actually... Re a lot of the time, you forget that you're watching actors because it just feels like you're intruding in someone's holiday in Turkey and you're just seeing people it's that natural and a, a lot of the time you might it's quite a difficult watch because there's this impending dread throughout it all and a lot of the time not much is happening but only when you're at the end do you realize that there was always something happening always something telling and basically it's not that during the film I thought this is the best thing I've ever watched when the credits rolled I was absolutely broken by it honestly mm. no exaggeration I'm still thinking about it now Wow, and it all comes together with one, one of the greatest scenes. Not a big scene again. Nothing apparently happens, but it, you know, reading between the lines, one of the great scenes near the end, then the final scene, then the credits, and yeah, I think it's an astonishing piece of work, honestly. Chris, were you equally equally as enamoured? Yeah, it it was a really. Um... I, th I think the thing about it is, is when I see films that don't um, that make me work, that emotionally and intellectually make me work because they just they just give me crumbs at the table in terms of narrative. Because I think I think that if you know nothing about the film, the story that's being told to you at first is it's not it's not immediately obvious mm. what is going on, and it slowly drip feeds. And I th and obviously any decent film script should do that anyway. But as we know, that isn't always the case. I think I think the thing that that um, Howard identified there it, it's the quality of the the acting between um, Mescal and and Corio that that there's just there's an int intimacy between them. Which is very rare to see on on film because because fil films are so, you know they rarely get rehearsal. There's so often you bring actors in and you, and you shoot, so you you can't achieve that level of of sort of camaraderie b b between them. Um, mm. And I th I think I think it, it's it's about many things, but but it's also you know it, it's also a, I thought it was about. Um, about about aging it was a, it, it, and the responsibility that comes when you move from being a child to, to being an adult um i thought w was was really telling um and for charlotte wells as as howard says it, it's her first film she's made short films before it was her first full-length feature to achieve that level of confidence and that level of um just an understanding of the environment, understanding of, of the characters is pretty is pretty special, really. So yeah, yeah I would. And, but what I would say is 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 
is I, I, don't, I don't think it's a tearjerker in any way. Um, but what, what I do think is if you allow yourself to identify with the characters and you allow yourself to, 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 to just understand, empathise and appreciate, you'll be taken on a journey which will leave you exhausted at the end of it. But what I would say, it's not sad, it's melancholy. Um, I, and, I think you it know, depends on how you interpret so it, it leaves things open to interpretation, Steve. Yes. If you interpret I, I, it a certain yeah. way, it can be absolutely more devastating. Well, reading between the lines of what you're both saying, I think I... I well, obviously, I don't know how it ends because I don't know the film, but I think I know what you're getting at. Um, so I, I, I'm guessing it's quite an ambiguous ending. Yeah. Would I be right in saying yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And, Steve, what I would say as well is, as somebody who's a relatively new parent, I'd, mm. you should watch it. In terms of the feelings, now I, I don't think I don't think engaging with the film is exclusive to anybody who's a parent. I don't think that. I, th- I think it's. I think it has a universal attraction to it. But mm. as someone relatively new, I think that there will be things that are triggered in you that didn't exist before you had Hattie, and yes. and and, and, yeah. and now. So I think it's worth investing in it for, for that alone to see how you've changed as a person since you become a father. I'd, I'll be a mess if I watch it. I mean, I cried at the watch wheel it. about two weeks ago. <laughs> It has no the issues it deals with has no relevance to me in my life. So yes, that's I, a very good I dread point, Howard, to yeah. think the effect it's had on some people who yeah. have had that life regarding the issues it deals with. To be honest. So. Okay. Well, let's did move you, on. Sorry, to, sorry, sorry. Can, Steve. Did you say you cried at the whale? Uh, no, the wheel. <laughs> oh, the wheel. Okay. <laughs> that's a it very was, different. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. It was a lad. He had um, he was um, blind, and he was um, um, the manner in which he warned, the manner in which who he was, and just you know he won a lot of money. And oh, I I wept. I properly wept. I did, and and I felt quite kind of um, okay about it afterwards because my dad phoned up about half an hour later and then bloody hell, I cried, you know, before. I was like, same here. <laughs> so clearly it runs in the family. Don't, don't worry, yeah. I cried at the end of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so... <laughs> even even I have a line. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and indeed just television in general. But before we get to Netflix and the, the rest, I have a bit of a kind of um, opinion that terrestrial telly has really upped its game of late. Um, across Freeview, there's some really good stuff out there now. Um, one example I'm just going to immediately chuck into the mix is um, Unforgotten on ITV. I think there's five series of it, maybe four. Um, all of them excellent. Um, I don't want to sound like a snob here, but I've always kind of... I've never really put much faith into ITV dramas. The Bay's not bad. Mm. Um, but Unforgotten, I think, is exceptional. It's, it's a really good uh, quality bit of television. Um, particularly series two and three and four, I think, um, when it really starts to find its feet. So I'm going to throw it over to you guys now. Um, Howard, I'll start with you. Terrestrial telly favourites. Unforgotten's going to make an appearance later in one of your other questions. Okay. <laughs> oh, so you're a fan yourself? Uh, I don't. No spoilers. It's coming okay. to okay. A, okay. in a later question. You'll understand why. Uh, just a modern life sort of situation I find myself in. Okay. Uh, I I miss out big time. I think on. I think you're right. I think I I don't search anymore the way I consume TV. I don't look. Yes. Out, I don't yeah. look at oh, what new drama series are on BBC ITV. Exactly. Yeah. I've probably yeah. missed out on loads. And I've yeah. You know, I've got a friend uh, who li- 
watches a lot of ITV stuff and recommends stuff, and I never get around to watching it. But I do tend to go off word of mouth stuff. So my terrestrial telly is the more light-hearted stuff, I would say. Right. Uh, I think the only drama that you know, springs into my mind, Sherwood, was that on uh, BBC? That wasn't bad, yeah, that was that good. That was absolutely was big, brilliant, yeah. uh, but quite short, you know. Uh, so there's, there's probably a hundred things I could watch drama series. Uh, I really struggled getting into... Yeah, drama series on terrestrial TV. I've probably so when you say it's more on light, then Howard, what what kind of things do you mean when you say uh, it's more light, light, light well, stuff? Well, new series tonight, day of Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Of course, I mm-hmm. mentioned that on most football podcasts, let alone TV ones. <laughs> uh, I've just started watching the Cleaner, uh, catch up on yeah, Greg Davis yeah. one, which has got a bit more depth to it, and yeah, it's kind of hooking me in. Ghosts, I love. Very I love much. ghosts. Yeah, Death in Paradise, my guilty. Pleasure, uh, because it's one of my favourite programmes, even though it does the same trick every single week. Uh, and just, you know, the, the light-hearted comedy stuff, Would I Lie to You, Mortimer and White House Go Fishing, and even the one tea, uh, food programme that I've left now, having just overkill on food programmes, so we'll still watch a bit of, like, The Great British Menu and stuff like that. I've given up on MasterChef. So yeah. a lot of just, like, panel shows and lighter drama because death in paradise might have a death every week but it's not the heaviest tv is it so oh no no and yeah it's... ghosts if you know ghosts is i think the underrated gem in that list and taskmaster of course i find myself watching episodes of that for the fifth time rather than trying new stuff which is ridiculous really but it's just so easy at the end of we the day we all do it howard i mean it's we do so it easy if you've it's, had a long yeah. day just to put taskmaster yeah. on and have a laugh for an hour so and, and death in paradise i'd say is just a great big bowl of ice cream yeah <laughs> it really is, isn't it? it's um, nonsense isn't it? if you want yeah. a script writing course or something you could pick that apart <laughs> you know yeah. think about asa the script writing all the like yeah, you know, the the hoops he has to jump through like yeah. no and it breaks everything, Death in Paradise. It does the same thing, it's cliched, and it's just wonderful TV, though. So, it, One of the fundamental problems that TV and films have is they can't concentrate on grief, unless it's a film about grief. Mm. So if someone dies, the person who may be their husband or sister, whoever it may be, can't grieve properly because they have to move the plot forward. Yeah. And Death in Paradise is just wonderful at that. I mean, basically, someone, you know, someone will... That their wife will die and they'd be married for 30 years, and then he just starts acting normally in the next scene. But yeah, <laughs> that's just one of a, a thousand things. Yes, you know. it is. They're, all these people committing the perfect murders as well, uh, abroad, <laughs> and him always having this eureka moment. Oh, it's, it's great. I've not watched the sp- I've watched one episode of the spin off so far. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll get into it or not, but I will give yeah. it a, a go at some point. But I think location is so key to Death in Paradise. The spin-off. Yeah. Is it beyond Paradise? Something might struggle a bit. So, Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.